my name is Christina Dmitrishin, and you're listening to a Tasting Eastern Europe podcast. This podcast is produced by the Andeka.net destination management company operating on Central and Eastern Europe, Caucasus, Balkans, and the Baltic states. The COVID-19 pandemic has changed the travel market beyond recognition. But don't be scared, it did not vanish. The travel market continues to develop. In the podcast, we will taste Eastern Europe, talking to local entrepreneurs, officials, and other experts about how the region's tourism adapts to the demands of time and what it has to offer travel seekers. So, waiter, what do we have on the menu today? Tourism in Vilnius is on our menu today. Thanks, the topic sounds very tasty. So today we will talk about Vilnius, a city that is thinking out of the box. Justina Garleite, a project manager in Go Vilnius, is our guest today. Sveiki, let's start by talking a bit about you. So please, tell us a little about yourself and your experience in Go Vilnius. Well, uh, when it comes to Go Vilnius, I'm relatively new. I started in March only. Uh, before that, uh, actually, my I graduated from the master's, which was related uh, to tourism. And then I was a travel agent for a few years. After that, I've spent five years in aviation, in aviation training center, uh, in a corporate sales department where I dealt with the airlines. So I always was, you know, somewhere nearby the tourism, somewhere near traveling. And in my time in aviation, I myself traveled a lot, uh, mostly in Europe, but I as well visited African cities. So I think all this previous experience really helps me a lot in Vilnius. When I came to Govilius, I really knew where I am getting myself into. Now, uh, Govilius has a rather good reputation and is very well known in Lithuania. So I expected to find, you know, well-experienced people who love their jobs and who see the purpose in what they are doing. So definitely my expectations were met and exceeded. And what I liked the most, you know, when I started working in Govilius, I started comparing Govilius with other similar agencies in Lithuania. Konas has one, Klepa does, regions have similar, uh, I know, like institutions who promote tourism. And Vilnius is different, Govilius is different. Uh, we are more on a board side, uh, while other regions try to promote themselves in more traditional ways, while we are... Thinking outside the box, and I believe further in the interview, I will be able to tell you more examples about that. Wow, thanks. But if we start generally talking about Vilnius at the time of the pandemic, how can you describe it? Was it very challenging? Well, it was a roller coaster, you know, uh, definitely with ups and downs in 2020, downs mostly, to be honest. Uh, when so everything closed, you know. Uh, not only tourism stopped, but the life pretty much stopped. And it was a very scary time for everyone. Uh, then last summer, well, things were getting better. Then autumn came and even the traveling within Lithuanian regions was restricted. So, of course, there were a lot of challenges. And uh, for some times we even supported our health system, you know, like purchasing masks, protections, all that. So we were doing... Uh, totally not touristic things and not promotional things, but we, as we belong to the municipality of Vilnius, of course, we did what we had to do. So in very short, it was definitely very challenging. 
and definitely a roller coaster. I wasn't for the whole that time in Vilnius, but I was in aviation. So I think it was the same thing pretty much there. But how does Vilnius and its tourism adapt to the pandemic? What can it offer tourists in 2021 at the beginning of autumn? Uh, first of all, uh, of course, uh, Govillus always had the target market. And uh, that, those were changed a lot and the, the list was very shrank. Um, we started working with local market. Uh, so last year there was a first campaign to local tourists. Uh, so people changed the, uh, how they see Vilnius. That's not just a capital. I mean, Lithuanian people not just a capital, you come to visit a doctor, you know, or to some kind of institution, but a place at least to spend your weekend in. Then, uh, uh, of course, when it comes to the foreign markets, uh, now we only have three target markets, uh, instead of six or seven, it's only Germany, Poland, and Latvia. And Latvia being a new addition to uh, the target market, because before, uh, Gugulius was not targeting Latvians. And uh, so, of course, what we've noticed, what I think we've all noticed uh, during the pandemic, many people try to travel to neighboring countries. Maybe it feels safer, it's easier to get there, you can travel by car. If uh, something happens, you know, some new restrictions, you can go back home rather quickly. So, of course, that's how we adapted mostly to that. Um, during the hardest time, uh, this uh, winter and early spring, when even, as I said, the traveling within the regions was restricted, we combined our forces with organizer with Lithuanian film festival called Kinopavastris. It means cinema of spring. And we offered the lineup of the festival to watch that in the hotels. So uh, just people who live in Vilnius, we invited them to spend the night in the hotel. And that project was very successful. We generated more than 1,000 nights in the hotels because people just wanted, I believe, not just to watch films, but to change the environment. You know, you are stuck in your home for a year now. So even just to go to the same city, to go to the hotel was something of an experience for them. Uh, still, even though it's pandemic, we have new places, new interesting places. Uh, we have Paul Pierce uh, now, which is next to the old town. And uh, they opened a market, uh, gourmet food market, as well with 16 uh, restaurants with the food all over the world. And it's just a very play, very nice place to be in. You know, it's a, the glass building uh, with a lot of plants. So it's more like a winter garden the whole, all year round, you know, so it doesn't matter what the weather is. And so far, everything is opened. Everything is working, you know, uh, so you can visit there. Probably uh, the most so interesting new addition, it's Lukashka's prison. Uh, as an institution, as a prison, it was closed just two years ago. And uh, that building was built in uh, Imperial Russian times. So it's around 150 years. So now it's a bar, it's a club. And of course, you can visit the premises with their guide. And, you know, to hear stories from the prison life, you don't really come across, you know, nowhere in the news or something like that, how they, you know, try to escape sometimes. And, you know, all the culture of the prison from, I know, more than 100 years ago to, well, just a few years ago, so how it changed. I going there myself just for the next week, but I hear the best uh, opinions about people who have already been there. So, uh, and they're, by the way, very busy because of that. And of course, you know, like all the other things we used to have before, you know, amazing uh, 
Old Town, uh, the thing that Vilnius is a very green city, 46% uh, of the area is green spaces. So you can find actual forests in pretty much the middle of a city. And then you can go kayaking in the river and spend the night in the four-star hotel or five-star hotel or three-star hotel, whatever, not in a tent, you know, somewhere. So you get uh, experiences of nature and a city and a same area. That's really interesting. So if to tell in a few words, why should tourists visit Vilnius? Well, you know, why not? You know, uh, all the things I've mentioned before, plus I think uh, what we try as well to emphasize is the value for money. Uh, for example, Kempinski in Vilnius is one of the cheapest Kempinskis in, uh, in the world. And you get the same uh, quality of our restaurants, of the hotels, of infrastructure, interesting museums, um, nightlife, bars, you know, all the things uh, the expensive cities can offer you. For a much better price. For example, just a very decent hotel can cost you from 60-70 euros per night. Did you try to find the hotel in Paris for the price and how it would look like? So, you know, just uh, it's for everyone. It's for uh, people who want to save money, people who want to spurge, people who want to shop because we all have, of course, have shopping malls, we have high-end stores in the city center. So I do not see the reasons why not to come to the news. And also, uh, of course, people say that, well, they want to see something new, something undiscovered. So Vilnius definitely would be it for many, especially when it comes to, you know, Western, maybe Europe, something new, something their friends haven't been to. You know, there are so many times you can go, come to London. It's time to find something new. Nice point. I fully agree with you. But how does Vilnius changes in the directions of tourism infrastructure, sustainability and green tourism? Because development in these areas is crucial for up-to-date cities. Well, uh, first of all, becoming more environmentally friendly in general is the direction of the country and the city itself. Not just when it comes to tourism, but uh, to the everyday life. And uh, I think the tourists can uh, feel the most because we have... What is good with Vilnius, first of all, it's, um, that's very walkable, especially center area. So most of the time you don't even need uh, any transportation at all. But also there are many uh, sharing systems, bike sharing, uh, scooter sharing, and even electric cars sharing. So you can, you know, uh, choose your preferences and still be environmentally friendly. Um, they're planting a lot of trees. They're expanding uh, the roads for the bikes, not just in the city center, but outside of it. Uh, trying to make public transportation more available and better organized so people opt for public transportation instead of their cars, so we have less traffic jams and less air pollution. Uh, what I like as well, not many, not many people still understand that, but the grass now is being cut only where it's needed to be, and the rest is uh, uh, left uh, for you know, its natural course, which is very impo important for all the you know, bugs, butterflies, and bees, which are very important for the whole world. And this will, you know, become more and more uh, advanced in the future. Of course, they are trying to encourage people not to buy diesel cars anymore. Uh, of course, this comes to the taxes and etc. Uh, some buses now are either electric or run on oil. And uh, the plan is uh, to have, at least in Vilnius, the whole public transportation park being environmentally friendly by, I think, 2027. 
I don't want to lie here, it's not my area of expertise, but there are definitely plans for that. But as well, in general, Vilnius is a very green city and uh, very clean. We don't have uh, many factories around it, and the quality of the air is usually very, very good, unless, you know, sometimes in the winter or uh, spring you have sunny days without any wind, maybe sometimes when it's still heating season, maybe sometimes, you know, we can sometimes feel that's worse the quality of uh, the air, but in general, we already know rather high, so it's not that long road for us to be even more green. Well, you've strongly interested me in visiting Vilnius. Let's go to the next question. The world is in a little panic right now because of a new Delta variant of COVID, and everybody is talking about new lockdowns. But do you believe that there is a place for tourism in this pandemic world? Well, of course, what the pandemic did is locked people down, but they, it did not lock the passion for travel. It's still there. And I think it's even bigger than it was before, because for our generations, the first time we feel locked up, maybe our parents know feel better because they were in the Soviet Union. But uh, for us, and uh, Western Europeans didn't feel that at all in their lives. So uh, the thing that You know, you maybe sometimes travel, uh, find your travels. Oh, maybe next year I will go there. I always can do that. And now you can't, you know, and when something is taken away from you, you want it even more. Usually that's how people work pretty much. So uh, even now, uh, some people don't uh, are not afraid of being self-isolated when they come back because they work remote. I myself, if I would need to self-isolate after my, my trip. I work from home. I can as well, you know, work and self-isolate. Not, of course, it's not for all people. But uh, still, the vaccines are helping. I mean, it's not 100%. But so far, you know, they're talking mostly, at least here, for the maybe some restrictions for people who are not vaccinated or didn't uh, have COVID. You know, yes, it, there are some moral issues about that for, for many people. I understand that. But at least some... Uh, I think we'll be able to travel and already are able to travel almost like it was before. So my answer is definitely yes, there's still a place in the world during the pandemic for tourism. Pandemic will end eventually. It's not the first one. It's probably not the last one. I hope it's the last one for us. <laughs> and uh, uh, after all is done, I'm pretty sure that tourism will be uh, rising like it never was before. Yeah, unfortunately or fortunately, that's definitely not the last pandemic for humanity. So, why Vilnius and not any other city in Lithuania or even in the Baltic states? For example, I've heard that there is also a great old city and magnificent architecture in Riga. So, there should be something like a competition between the cities. How do you manage that? It's true. Riga is our competitor, not one only when it comes to tourism. Airports are in competition, even though Riga, of course, airport is way ahead <laughs> because we don't have our national carrier and we do. Actually, Air, Bal- Air Baltic is closest thing to our national car- carrier as well. Uh, is, no, I would never say uh, something like that, like come to Vilnius, but don't go to Riga. Come to Vilnius, but don't go to Kolnes, you know. You should visit everything. <laughs> Uh, and many people see Baltic region in general as one, even though there are three countries which are actually rather different. Estonians are more, feel, they feel like they're Scandinavians, and I agree with that. I also feel like they're more Scandinavians. 
Latvia and Lithuania, well, we have the same ethnic origins. We share a similar language. For example, when I hear Latvian, I, I hear it's like it's Lithuanian, but just cannot understand anything. But it sounds like Lithuanian. I just don't get it. Uh, but the history uh, is very different, Latvian and Lithuanian. And uh, it's the history which formed the countries and the cities there now. For example, when it comes to architecture, as well, I'm not expert on Latvian and Riga architecture, but I've been in Riga for a few times, and it's uh, more uh, influenced by Germany. And while uh, Vilnius was built pretty much by Italians, we had uh, the Grand Dukes, uh, the nobility of Lithuania, of Vilnius, used to invite Italian architects uh, to uh, to build buildings here. So, so it, when it comes in the old towns, they they all, of course, have maybe a little bit similar vibe. But if you're really interested in architecture, you will see the major difference. So I don't, I will not say don't go to Riga, come to Vilnius. I say come visit both and don't think that if you went to Riga, you don't need to come to Vilnius because it's the same. That would be the wrong way of thinking. Okay, um, let's talk a little about Go Vilnius again. What is the project of your organization you are proud of the most? The G-Spot campaign, hands down. I don't. I'm not sure if you heard of it. It's. It's. I think it was four years ago. I. I knew about it way before I even was thinking to joining. Uh, so and they're still talking about it, how it went. You know, just G-Spot. Yes. So uh, Vilnius was put on um, uh, like a G-Spot of Europe. Everyone knows it's. It, it exists, but doesn't know where exactly. So of course. Um, there was a little bit backlash, you know, some older, especially people more, uh, they thought maybe it's too brave, you know, too sexy, <laughs> let's say that. But it was uh, very well known, the campaign itself, you know, it put not only Vilnius on the map, it put Go Vilnius on the map. So uh, everyone in Lithuania knew Go Vilnius after G-Spot campaign, and I'm pretty sure outside Lithuanian borders as well. Uh, the next, the big one contain, uh, campaign uh, is amazing, Vilnius. Uh, my background is one of visualizations of it, you know, you see like the church is pretty much like in Spain. So the slogan of amazing Vilnius campaign is that Vilnius is amazing wherever you think it is. So as well, uh, that's how we think outside the box. We don't ignore the issue that Vilnius is not that well known in Europe. We take it and uh, use this to promote Vilnius. So that's and this is a big a big campaign as well. It's still going on and it's now in in uh, United Kingdom as well. But uh, those were these are the biggest and uh, amazing is very amazing campaign is very beautiful visually. Sorry, I, I cannot sh no show you, but uh, if you would Google uh, amazing Vilnius, you would definitely see. And also, you know, there is even an on whereisvilnius.com uh, where you can play a game. And well, you would know, but people uh, can guess where it is. And if you guess wrong, you know, you can you find uh, very funny comment, uh, you know, comments on your guesses. Tourism is not just about the efforts of Go Vilnius. How do you unite forces with other state institutions, businesses, the public sector? How does it work and do you succeed? Well, first of all, as I mentioned, we are a part of business municipality. So, of course, we work a lot with them. Uh, some campaigns, some projects are done together. Uh, as well, uh, we work with uh, some ministries like Ministry of Transportation, Ministry of Inner, uh, Inner Affairs. Then uh, we work together with Illus, Vilnius Airport, uh, trying to promote it to the airlines. So they add Vilnius as a destination. Uh, 
we have tourism information centers, they belong to Goldinus, and some of them are, one of them is in the Vilnius airport, so even we inform them about the issues tourists uh, tell. But the most important thing that this summer we as well have uh, sessions with lecturers regarding the ecosystem of tourism. So we're mapping that, that ecosystem as being the platform which unites. So this will make our work even more uh, systematic, you know, uh, but we as well with every campaign, for example, we have almost every campaign, we have special hotel offers for uh, sometimes if you get that offer, you can get a ticket to the museum free of charge. You know, the tourism day is coming uh, at the end of September. So we will promote restaurants and uh, coffee shops, you know, giving their special vouchers with special prices for tourists, uh, local and just, just Vilnius people. Uh, so they can then go and have a coffee or a meal, you know, in a restaurant. That's how it works now. But and it, 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 I think it's successful because all the parts are happy, and our job is to make them happy. But after we're done with our homework with uh, in our sessions, I think it will be even better because it will be more systematic. Thank you. Now there is time for my favorite part of the conversation. So let the party begin. What is your favorite location in Vilnius? Well, uh, mine would be actually there is a cliff, uh, just five minutes drive away, maybe seven, from the old town, and it's around around twenty meters high. Uh, it has an amazing view because below is a va- valley of the river, and where and then you can see our house of our president. <laughs> but but it's, it, it, there are still a few old houses. He lives in a renewed old house, you know. Uh, but it's very you know unique for the city to have such views and uh, well, as well it's a cliff i myself i am a mountain person you know uh, and lithuania is flat as a table so for me you know it's the closest what lithuania can offer to being some kind of mountainous thing you know <laughs> and of course i have my own sentiments now that place is very well maintained it has a fence there are paths there there is a good parking lot you know it's it's all together now there. But before, when I was a student, uh, it was pretty much wild. So me and my uh, girlfriends used to uh, go there, you know, with some coffee, coffee sometimes not just coffee, and, and just sit there and talk for hours. There were not many people there. There were not even fences. So probably it was not that, you know, safe back, time, uh, back then. But uh, so it's my own personal sentiments, but uh, still it's, it's a very, very beautiful place. And it's uh, well proved that Vilnius is where the city and nature, you know, comes together. <laughs> Yeah, food is also an important part of tourism. So, what is your favorite meal? So, the first thing that which comes to mind is uh, our cold beetroot soup. Honestly, I'm not a very fan, a big fan of Lithuanian cuisine, <laughs> but the our cold beetroot soup is uh, the best thing during the summer. Uh, we had those heat waves. I think Latvia and Lithuania had pretty much the same ones. And uh, that was the only thing we could eat because uh, it was too hot for any hot meals. There are so many sandwiches you can eat. So that soup was uh, the way to go. And also I, I saw the guide recently, two weeks ago, there was a 10 best cold soups, you know, and we were in that top 10 actually <laughs> with our cold beetroot soup. During the summer, during the winter, you know, uh, I also like wild mushroom things or, or you know, sources that I, I like go mushroom picking myself so that I need to come up what to do with that mush- those mushrooms but uh, as well 
I'm more like, you know, I like pizza, I like burger, I like pasta, you know, so it's not only about Lithuanian. You know, we are famous for our cepelinas, that I'm not sure if you know what it is. It's like a mashed potato dumpling with meat filling, uh, so it's very popular in Lithuania. But talking about cold beet soup, is it somehow familiar with Ukrainian borscht? Yes, yes. Well, I think maybe it's just only because of beetroot. <laughs> That's it. Because the base of it is a sour milk. And that makes it very, very pink. You know, it's in, like the borscht is red. So uh, our cold beetroot soup is very, very pink. It, it, it really looks unnatural for the food to be uh, this color. But, you know, when you mix uh, sour milk and beetroot, you get pink. Let's move to the last question. Why do you love Vilnius the most? Well, you see, it's very hard for me to be uh, uh, well, you know, impartial here because it's my home and I'm a sentimental person. So, of course, it's, uh, I love Vilnius. But as I said, I've traveled a lot. I've been in big cities. And what I can tell you is, I think it's because Vilnius is compact. You no, know, if you have to travel from your home to work for half an hour, it's just considered very far away and a very long trip. The, well, unless there's, of course, traffic, which now we have, of course, better situation with. But uh, I could not live in a city where, where it's normal for you to take one hour, one hour and a half to get to work. It's just consuming too much of your time. Uh, so being compact and still having everything the big city can offer for you and just not consuming your time. That's why I love things. Thank you so much. It was a very nice and interesting conversation. I'm sure that our listeners will like it and fall in desire of visiting Vilnius. Thank you so much. Waiter, thank you very much for a very tasty topic. You are welcome. We will be waiting for you again. See you later. I'm so thankful to those of you who have stayed with us to the end of this episode. I hope that today's topic also seemed delicious to you. If yes, subscribe to this podcast and wait for the next episodes very soon. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and other podcast platforms. Let's taste Eastern Europe together!